0: Welcome back, everyone. Coach over here for another episode of Card Anthology, and today we're going to be going over the set Lorwyn, which was released on October 12th of 2007. This set would mark the 43rd expansion of the Magic the Gathering franchise. There were 301 total cards in the Lorwyn set, broken down between 121 commons, 80 uncommons, 80 rares, along with 20 basic lands, with the set symbol being an Elven Ear or a Leaf. Lorwyn would set up the two-set block for quite some time, and would later be followed by the set Morning Tide. Lorwyn was sold in 75-card tournament decks, 16-card booster packs, fat packs, and also had five different pre-constructed decks, which consisted of Kithkin Militia, which was a white-based deck, Merrow Riverways, which was a white-blue deck, Boggart Feast, which was a black-red deck, Elvish Predation, which was a black-green deck, and Elemental's Path, which was a five-color deck. The story is set on the plane of Lorwyn, where nature thrives and the sun never disappears, but while the creatures of Lorwyn do not know anything of gloom or malice, rivalry does exist. The story of Lorwyn is told in the novel of the same name by Corey Herdon and Scott McGough. Lorwyn was also important because it started to get us away from the Dominaria storyline, with the Magic the Gathering franchise going into multiple different planes over the next few years consistently. As far as mechanics go, a few mechanics would either show up or become keyworded in the set. One of the new mechanics was Changeling, which is a card with every creature type. You had the Clash mechanic, which was essentially a mini-game with each player revealing the top card of their library, with the winner of this mini-game being the player with the higher mana cost, with an example of this being Captivating Glance. You had Evoke, which was a mechanic that allows a player to play an alternate cost, but must sacrifice the creature when it gets on the battlefield. The cool thing about evoke creatures is that they basically have two costs. If you pay the full cost, you get the creature and the effect, whereas if you pay just the evoke cost, you basically are playing a sorcery on a creature card. There was the Mechanic Hideaway, which lets you hide certain cards and after a set of conditions are completed, the card may be cast for no mana, with Mosswork Bridge being an example of this. You have the Champion Mechanic, which was a mechanic when a creature enters the battlefield, you have to sacrifice it and lets you exile another certain card type. If or when the Champion leaves the battlefield, you return the Exile card back. An example of the Champion Mechanic would be that of Changing Hero. However, Lorwyn was best known for introducing a brand new card type that would change the face of Magic the Gathering. The card types that would be introduced in this set were Planeswalkers, which gives you another mini player with numerous powers, and the first 5 Planeswalkers were Johnny Goldmane, Jace Bellerin, Liliana Vess, Chandra Nalaar, and Garrick Wildspeaker, which were also known as the Lorwyn 5. Lorwyn had a total of 15 cycles, which Planeswalkers were already considered one cycle, along with champions at Hideaway Lands but other cycles that were a part of Loreland were Common and Uncommon Changelings, the Clash Creatures, Incarnations, Tribal Cantrips and Legends, Harbingers, and Revealers. One cycle in particular were the Tribal Lords, which were uncommon and rare creatures that granted other creatures of their type certain bonuses and abilities. The Tribal Lords cycle consisted of the red cards Incandescent Soulstroke and Sunrise Sovereign, the green cards Imperious Perfect and Temper Protector, the blue cards Mero Regere and Scion of Una, the black card mad anti, with the last card being the white base Wise and Sen. Another cycle were the token makers, which were uncommon creatures that can not only make tokens of other creature types, but can use creatures of those types to make these creatures more powerful. The token maker cycle consisted of the blue card Benthicor, the black card Marsh Flitter, the white card Cloud Goat Ranger, the red card hearth case giant, along with the green card Guardian of Cloverdale, the last cycle of note with a command. Which are rare modal spells with 4 options that allows you to pick 2 choices. This particular cycle included the white card austere command, the blue card cryptic command, the black card profane command, the red card incendiary command, with the last card being the green base primal command. On top of that, when it comes to reprints, there was only one true reprint and one functional reprint. That true reprint was fertile ground that was last printed in 8th edition, which was a green enchant land card that gives you another additional mana of any color when the enchanted land is tapped. The functional reprint was Hornet Harasser, which functioned the same as the Urza's Destiny card disease carriers. This card gives a target creature minus two minus two until the end of turn when Hornet Harasser is put into the graveyard. Now anytime we do a card anthology episode, we always finish off the episode with the most notable cards that came out of these sets. With Lorwyn, there were a bunch. You can definitely include the Planeswalkers since they're used a whole bunch in EDH and Commander. But for Lauren, we're going to really look at 10 cards that came out of the set that affected either the formats of that time, or that had affected other formats recently. The first notable card is Doran the Siege Tower, which is a black-green-white creature card that has the ability of each creature assigning combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. This essentially made this card a 5-5 creature for 3 different color mana. Durant the Sea Tower was seen as Standard, Modern, and Extended in decks that were named after the card itself. Next would be the Black Command Cycle card, Profane Command, which lets you choose two of the following. Target player loses X life, return target creature card with converted mana X or less from your graveyard, target creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn, and up to X target creatures gain fear until end of turn. Profane Command was seen in mostly standard decks, along with a few extended decks, and was included in deck styles such as Elves and Rocks you had the evoke creature card, Moldrifter, which was a blue elemental creature with flying, and when it enters the battlefield, you draw two cards. However, its evoke cost of getting the two cards cost two generic mana less. Moldrifter was seen a whole bunch in standard, and was also seen widely in the new Pauper format. It was also included decks such as Revelark and Mannequin, along with Snow and Dinrova, since Moldrifter is a common card. The next two cards were also evoke creatures just like Moldrifter, The first one being Ingot Chewer, which was an elemental creature that had the ability to destroy target artifact if it entered the battlefield with an evoke cost of just one red mana. Now, Ingotur did not get a whole bunch of attention when it was in standard, but it would later be picked up in modern and especially used in vintage when you had those low costing artifact cards like the Moxin. Ingotur would mostly be seen in decks such as Monastery, Delver, and Dredge. The last evoke creature was Shrikamal, which is the black card with fear, and when it enters the battlefield, you destroy a target non-artifact non-black creature, with the evoke cost being 1 generic and 1 black mana. Shriekmaw was seen mostly in Standard and Modern as it was a good creature slash kill creature card, and Shriekmaw was included in decks such as Mannequin, Living End and Birthing Pod. You had the artifact card Thorn of Amethyst, which was an artifact card that cost 2 generic mana and has the ability of non-creature spells costing 1 more to play. While I did not see play in Standard or Modern, it's most effective in the Eternal formats such as Legacy and Vintage. The card was cheap and easy to use, and was seen in decks such as Ravager Shops, Mud, and Eldrazi Aggro. You have the Nefarious Gaddic Teague, which was a creature card that cost 1 green and 1 white mana, with the abilities of non-creature spells with converted mana cost of 4 or greater can't be cast, and with the other ability of non-creature spells with X in their mana cost can't be cast. Gaddaq Teague was used most against non-creature based decks, such as control players, and was seen in formats such as Modern and Legacy, with a little bit of inclusion in EBH decks. Gaddock Teague has also been included in decks such as Maverick, Zoo, and Humans. You also had the other command card being the blue based Cryptic Command, which lets you choose two modes between countering a target spell, returning target permit to its owner's hand, tapping all creatures your opponents control, and drawing a card. Cryptic Command was seen mostly in the Standard and Modern format, as it was a good instant modal card that allows the controller various options, and was seen mostly in Fairies, White Blue Control, Twin Exarch, and Scape Shift. Now the last two notable cards are cards that when we did the top 100 best performing match of the Gathering cards, these two cards made the list and were decently high up on the list itself. The first card between the two would be Ponder, which was a sorcery card for one single blue mana that lets you look at the top three cards of your library and put them back in any order, giving you the option to shuffle your library and drawing a card. This was a cheap way of seeing the top three cards of your deck, putting them in any order, or if you don't like the three, you may shuffle your entire library and then draw a card. Ponder was actually restricted in the vintage format in 2008 because it was a simple method of finding powerful restricted cards in a deck very easily. And that was actually according to Mike Turian, who was not only a Pro Tour winner during his time, but was also a Magic the Gathering developer as well. Ponder was not only seen in Standard and Vintage, but was very much used in the Legacy format. Ponder was also in numerous decks such as Fairies, Dover, Canadian Threshold, Miracles, Thresh, Rug, Monastery, and even Oath of Druids decks. The last notable card that came out of the Lorewind set was Thoughtseize, which is a sorcery card for one single black mana that allows you to see a target player's hand, And you get to choose a non-land card from it to discard it, with the only drawback of you losing 2 life. Thoughtseize was a very good turn 1 hand disruptor and was seen in formats just as standard and modern, along with a little bit of inclusion in the vintage formats. Thoughtseize was seen in a huge amount of decks such as Affinity, Birthing Pod, Jun, Dark Depths, Death Shadows decks, Dredge, Fairies, Esper Dragons, and even Abzan Midrange, just to name a few. It would also get reprinted in the Theros block, which would be the block where Thoughtseize got much more traction. If you wanted a sealed booster box of Lorwyn, the current price of one of those booster boxes is around $800. So that's all I have everyone, everything you need to know about the Lorwyn set. If you enjoyed the video, be sure to leave a like, a comment, and subscribe to the Carbazaar channel. You can also follow me on Twitter by going to coach at the CC. and on top of that you can continue to support me on Patreon by clicking on the link in the description or just by searching the card bazaar. Speaking of Patreon, a huge shout out to all my patrons who continue to support my work. Also, a big shout out to Delver Lens, who's been a huge supporter for the last five months. And they are the people behind the Android app that allows you to scan and organize your Magic the Gathering collection. Download the app today by going to DelverLab.com. That is all I have today for this video, everyone. Our next Card Anthology episode is going to be going over the Morning Tide set. This is Coach over here signing out